it's the 3rd of November, Thursday, and welcome to Korea 24. I'm your host, Kwon Jang-woo. North Korea has fired three more missiles, including an ICBM, which is thought to have failed mid-flight. This comes a day after the regime fired over 20 missiles, including one which fell past the de facto inter-Korean maritime border for the first time. We'll go over the details for our news briefing shortly. And then for a special in-depth, we'll be joined by an expert to analyse why Pyongyang is stepping up provocations to such unprecedented heights. And then coming up on Korean Politics Digest, we'll also discuss the potential political fallout from the Itaewon crowd crush disaster as the country enters the fifth day of the week-long national mourning period. Let's begin Korea 24. North Korea shot off three missiles on Thursday morning, one of them an intercontinental ballistic missile, or ICBM, with an initial trajectory that set off Japan's air raid sirens and alerts for the public to take shelter. But South Korea's military officials said that it failed mid-flight. Our KBS World Radio news editor, Gu Hee-jin, joins us online now to brief us on what appears to be a failed ICBM launch, as well as other headlines of the day. Hee-jin, hello. Hello, Chang-ho. So Tokyo issued a shelter-in-place alert, but it proved to be unnecessary as the two-stage rocket is presumed to have failed mid-flight. Uh, what can you tell us of that launch, which comes just a day after Wednesday's barrage of tests by the North? Well, the South Korean Joint Chiefs of Staff said North Korea fired off three ballistic missiles towards the East Sea Thursday morning, one of which was an intercontinental ballistic missile. The ICBM launch appears to have failed after the projectile lost thrust following its successful first and second stage separations after its takeoff from the Sunan area in Pyongyang at around 7.40 a.m. Thursday, the ICBM soared to a peak altitude of 1,920 kilometers and flew around 760 kilometers, hitting a top speed of Mark 15. The military believes that the projectile was one of the North's Hwasong-17, constructed as a two-stage rocket capable of reaching the U.S. east coast with a maximum range of 15,000 kilometers. Japan initially announced that the projectile flew over Japanese territory, but Tokyo's defense ministry later said the missile did not fly over the island nation due to a deviation from its projected trajectory. The North then fired two short-range missiles about an hour later from the Ketan area in South Pyongyang province, flying around 330 kilometers, according to the South Korean JCS. As we mentioned, Thursday's launches come on the heels of test fires of 25 ballistic missiles and 100 artillery shells on Wednesday by the North. And the South Korean Air Force responded hours later by scrambling F-15K and KF-16 fighter jets. Uh, What can you tell us about the response from South Korea and other nations regarding today's aggression? 
Well, President Yoon Seok-yeol called for Seoul and Washington to maintain their staunch combined defense posture to, predict, uh, to protect the lives and safety of the South Korean people amid the sharp escalation. The president ordered during a session of the National Security Council that its military further reinforce its extended deterrence as well as tighter uh, trilateral security cooperation involving South Korea the U.S. and Japan. The top nuclear envoys from the three nations also held phone discussions regarding response measures. And according to the foreign ministry, special representative for Korean Peninsula Peace and Security Affairs, Kim Gun, and his U.S. and Japanese counterparts, Sung Kim and uh, Takehiro Funakoshi, strongly condemned the North's long and short-range ballistic missile launches as clear violations of UN Security Council resolutions that pose a grave threat to peace and stability on the peninsula and beyond. Pyongyang claimed early Wednesday that it's simply responding to ongoing war drills between South Korea and the U.S. targeting the North, the U.S. and South Korea on Thursday uh, following the ICBM launch announced they plan to extend their vigilant storm joint air drills involving 240 aircrafts past its scheduled Friday end date. And Seoul is also mulling the possibility of expanding or adding to its sanctions against North Korean individuals and agencies, I understand. Of course. Uh, the foreign ministry also said on Thursday that the government is mulling additional unilateral sanctions against North Korea in response to the North's recent series of uh, provocations. Uh, the government last month slapped its own sanctions against 15 North Korean individuals and 16 institutions that contributed to the development of the North's nuclear and missile programs or sanctions evasion. Okay, let's turn now to the latest on the deadly crowd crush disaster over the weekend. A special inspection team under the Korean National Police Agency requested a formal police investigation into two super into two senior superintendent level of officers for possible dereliction of duty. Uh, can you tell us more? Yes, this follows yesterday's uh, raid over police agencies. The team announced on Thursday it has found deficiencies in the responses by Yumijin, uh, who was in charge of emergency call monitoring at Seoul Metropolitan Police Agency on the day of the disaster, and Iimje, uh, former head of the Yongsan Police Station overseeing the Taiwan area. The inspectors said you failed to promptly respond to nearly a dozen emergency calls uh, received prior to the tragedy and delayed reports of the situation to the Seoul police chief and the situation room at the KNPA. Yongsan police chief E is accused of arriving belatedly at the scene of the incident and also delayed briefings to higher-ups. Earlier in the day, KNPA removed you from duty and placed her on disciplinary leave after it did the same for Yi on Wednesday. This amounts to an effective uh, dismissal among the Korean police. 
Meanwhile, Prime Minister Han Dok-su has again urged the government to ensure that all necessary support is provided to foreign victims of the deadly Itaewon disaster and their families. What more can you tell us? Yes, at a response meeting on Thursday, Han said that while most funeral procedures were being finalised, those for foreign victims will take uh, will likely take longer, and asked relevant ministries to provide tailored support for each case. Han instructed the foreign ministry to make sure that there are no issues when providing the bereaved families of foreign victims with support, including aid for funeral arrangements. The crush, including uh, during the Halloween festivities over the weekend, took the lives of 156 victims in total, including 26 foreign nationals. He also said that starting Thursday, the government will begin safety checks on large gatherings, uh, expecting 10,000 people per hour adding that the government will introduce a crowd management system based on scientific analysis. Moving on, economic policymakers and financial authorities in South Korea have agreed to maintain high alert to stave off increased uncertainty in global financial markets following the US Federal Reserve's fourth consecutive key interest rate hike of 75 basis points. Can you tell us more? Well, Finance Minister Chu Kyung-ho uh, and Bank of Korea Lee Chang-yong, as well as Financial Services Commission Chairman Kim Ju-hyun, Financial Supervisory Service Governor Lee Bok-hyun, um, uh, these um, uh, gentlemen held an uh, emergency meeting on Thursday to confer on the repercussion from the Fed's rate increase on South Korean markets. Chu noted that international financial markets closed overnight with a drop in U.S. stock prices, a rise in interest rates and a stronger dollar, as hawkish warnings by the head of the Federal Reserve put the brakes on hopes that the Fed may ease its vice grip on monetary policy. The finance minister added that the North missile provocation on Wednesday is expected to have limited impact on domestic markets, but that authorities will keep a close eye on the situation. Earlier on Wednesday, the Fed announced a fourth 75 basis point hike in its benchmark short-term interest rate, setting a new target range of 375 to 4%, the highest since January 2008. Uh, Fed Chair uh, Jerome Powell warned during a follow-up briefing that thoughts about a potential pause in rate hikes would be very premature. And on the diplomatic front, a Japanese daily has reported that Fumio Kishida, uh, that the Fumio Kishida government is considering a formal summit with South Korea's Yoon Sung-yeol administration on the sidelines of an international conference in mid-November. So what more do we know at this point? Well, according to the Asahi Shimbun report on Thursday, uh, Tokyo sees the need to uh, improve bilateral ties with Seoul amid growing security concerns over North Korea's uh, provocations, despite unresolved issues concerning Japan's wartime forced labor. 
the daily said talks are underway to schedule the summit when both Yun and Kushida are in Cambodia, Indonesia and Thailand for a number of international forums uh, from November 11th to the 19th. The newspaper, however, predicted opposition to a summit uh, from conservatives within the ruling Liberal Democratic Party without a resolution to the forced labor issues, suggesting the possibility of an informal discussion. Be that as it may, Yun's office said on Thursday that South Korea and Japan have not started discussion about a possible summit on the sidelines of these international uh, forums in response to questions regarding the Asahi report. And finally, South Korea is preparing for the worst as it takes steps to sign on legal counsel for possible proceedings against the United States Inflation Reduction Act for its discriminatory clause targeting non-North American car makers. Can you tell us more? Well, according to industry sources, South Korea recently hired a domestic law firm and has begun a selection process for another overseas as it prepares to file complaints against Washington based on the mechanism for either the World Trade Organization or the Korea-U.S. Free Trade Agreement. Uh, South Korea will primarily make an effort to resolve the issue through bilateral talks with the U.S., but will take legal steps as a last resort if it garners enough consensus with European and other non-American car makers. Uh, Seoul has been in talks with Washington regarding its concerns and is set to provide the U.S. Treasury Department with official input on the IRA this week. The IRA signed into law by U.S. President Joe Biden in August grants tax subsidies to buyers of electric vehicles assembled only in North America, putting South Korea's Hyundai Motor and Kia Corporation at a disadvantage in the U.S. market. That's all for our news briefing today. Thank you for those updates. Thank you. Coming up next, in-depth news analysis. You're listening to Korea 24 from KBS World Radio. North Korea's provocations have escalated to new heights over the last few days. Dozens of missiles of various types have been launched, including an intercontinental ballistic missile earlier today, which is presumed to have failed mid-flight but triggered alarms in Japan. A missile on Wednesday also triggered air raid sirens on Ulleung Island in South Korea after it fell south of the de facto maritime border. It was the first missile to cross that line since the Korean War. To get some expert analysis on the North's recent provocations and what lies ahead for the peace process on the Korean Peninsula, we're joined on the line by Professor Brian Myers, who's a professor of international studies at Dongsa University. Professor, thank you for your time today. Thank you. Let me first get your reaction to the latest launches on Thursday morning. Three ballistic missiles fired off, including an ICBM, the first since late May. But the South Korean Joint Chiefs of Staff said the ICBM launch failed after the warhead lost thrust following successful first and second stage separations. 
The military believes that the projectile was a Hwasong-17 missile. How significant was this launch? And what do you make of the ICBM's suspected failure? Well, this uh, Hwasong-17 is, of course, the pride of the uh, North Korean arsenal. Uh, It could reach any point on the U.S. mainland, although, of course, whether it could deliver a nuclear payload is apparently still a matter of some dispute. So even though the the, uh, launch was not successful, uh, it came after a barrage of missiles uh, launched on Wednesday, which, of course, included one that flew southward past the maritime border between the two Koreas and fell uh, not all that far from from the South Korean city of Sokcho on the east coast. So when you look at all that together, I think uh, tensions are reaching a point that we last saw here in in late 2017. I don't think we're quite at a 2013 uh, level of tension yet, if that's any consolation. Right. 2017 was the year uh, where Trump, of course, uh, held fire and fury. Fire and fury, right. So uh, you also mentioned that missile yesterday, uh, the one which uh, landed less than 60 kilometres off South Korea's coast. Uh, How significant is it that... The North Fighter missile passed that line for the first time since the Korean War. They literally crossed a line. It's very significant indeed, uh, and it's certainly a, a worrying uh, precedent. Um, but whether we should read all that much into it, I'm, I'm not sure yet. What do you mean I by mean, that? It wasn't, it wasn't South Korean. Uh, it was, of course, close to South Korea, but it wasn't in uh, South Korean waters. And I think that is a distinction which, which is an important one to make. Mm. You know, the the, uh, South Korean waters extend only 12 uh, nautical miles from the coast, and it was outside that. So I I, I don't think we should exaggerate the the proximity to to South Korea, although it is certainly worrying, um, especially for the people on Ulungdo Island, uh, which which, um, was the direction in which uh, it was headed. Sure. That missile is said to have been one of three that was launched together. Uh, but it was the only one which flew towards the south and crossed the maritime border. Some have suspected that it could have been a missile that went off course and that crossing the the, the border was an accident. What do you think? That's the most optimistic uh, interpretation to make. Uh, I tend to think as well that the North Koreans would not have been quite um, as, as, as bold as to have done that deliberately, but that may just be wishful thinking on my part. So, Professor, why this sudden steep in escalation from North Korea, do you think? You know, it's always difficult to say for sure why North Korea uh, launches missiles at a certain time. But I do think the uh, vigilant storm uh, drills that the Americans and the South Koreans have been conducting primarily in the air uh, were a main factor. You know, the regime in Pyongyang had expressed strong opposition to them. And its remarks had been interpreted by many observers as heralding the launch of an ICBM. So what happened this morning wasn't a huge surprise. Uh, it seems likely to me that Kim Jong-un wanted to show not only Washington and Seoul, but I think also the North Korean public, that he's not intimidated uh, by the two allies' uh, shows of strength and that Joe Biden has no choice but to recognize North Korea uh, as a nuclear power. I'm guessing that other factors played a role as well, like the autumn weather on the peninsula, which is a good time for missile tests, and uh, the desire to add to the Yoon government's problems at a time of uh, domestic crisis here due to the Halloween disaster. And we should always remember to see missile launches in the context of a larger technological timetable, which has its own dictate. But, uh, yeah, the, the sheer intensity of missile testing over the past few days 
indicates the regime is trying to send a signal of its resolve. It's been announced that the Vigilant Storm joint air drills will be extended past its original end date on Friday. No new end date has been announced yet. Does that mean we'll likely see more provocations? Um, Maybe yes, maybe not. I think that um, by extending the military exercises, uh, I think the two allies send a very good signal back to North Korea. And we know from experience and from negotiations that... uh, The regime in Pyongyang really does not like having to constantly engage in counter exercises. This is why Kim Jong-un was so eager to get Donald Trump uh, to suspend those exercises. So maybe this will succeed in in calming the North Koreans down a bit. Hmm, Okay. Uh, So you don't think the situation necessarily could escalate? Uh, You don't think we might, for example, see that long-mooted seventh nuclear test yet? Well, I think we're going to see that anyway, um, really. We've been expecting a nuclear test for so long and making predictions of one for so long that Kim Jong-un, I think, is likely to feel that if he doesn't carry out one, he'll be seen to be backing down. And that's an impression which, uh, as the leader of a military first regime, he he can't really afford to convey. In fact, I tend to agree with those Pyongyang watchers who see this latest flurry of ballistic activity as an effort to pave the way for a nuclear test. You know, North Korea likes to raise tensions on the peninsula, but not all too abruptly from one day to the next. Uh, I mean, the Americans are meant to feel heightened urgency about the nuclear crisis, but I don't think it's in Kim Jong-un's interest uh, to take Washington completely by surprise. What have you made of South Korea and the U.S.'s responses to these provocations? For example, uh, yesterday, South Korea responded by firing three air-to-ground missiles north of the maritime border as well, a seemingly tit-for-tat exchange. Yeah, that uh, that worries me a little bit um, because uh, that sort of thing could well result in an escalation that neither side really wants. And I think it's especially dangerous here when you have when you're dealing with a North Korean regime which derives all of its legitimacy really from uh, its its um, pose of of military strength. Uh, so when you're doing things which threaten that pose, which threaten North Korea's claim to legitimacy on the basis of military strength, I think you are running too much of a risk of, of an escalation and a miscalculation. Uh, I think it's better to to extend exercises as the two allies have decided to do. Are there any other steps or responses you think South Korea and the U.S. could take against these provocations? For example, are there options for more sanctions? Or is there any other way to uh, perhaps lower tensions without seemingly giving in to the North's pressure? Well, I don't think additional sanctions are likely to bother Kim Jong-un much, uh, especially now that the Russians are subverting them, apparently, by by buying weaponry from the North Koreans. Uh, I, I think the Yoon government is still paying lip service to the 2019 inter-Korean military agreement in order to nullify it should the nuclear test go forward. Uh, now, of course, such a measure would, would, wouldn't would bother the North Koreans that much because they've been violating the spirit of that agreement for the past two years. But I think it does still send a strong signal to the North Koreans that they cannot uh, simply in, in, engage in activity like this with impunity. Uh, That might be the best, really, that uh, South Korea can hope for. And what do you make of the talk in South Korea recently of either bringing in U.S. tactical nuclear weapons or developing uh, some of its own? 
Yeah, I'm in the camp of people who believe that that really wouldn't be a good idea because, of course, uh, if the South Koreans were to develop uh, nuclear weapons and the Japanese would feel the need to follow suit and uh, things could get even more out of hand than they've already become, um, I don't think that's that's the solution. Uh, I, you know, South Korea has indicated in, that in the event of a nuclear test, it would make a, a quote-unquote unprecedentedly strong response in cooperation with Washington and Tokyo. And I think that's the way to go. Uh, I realize that siding with Japan against North Korea is something a lot of South Koreans have problems with. But I think if, if South Korea can, can overcome its, uh, its, uh, its historical concerns about working closer with Japan, that would be a, a safer way to move forward than for the South Koreans to begin developing nuclear weapons. And in the meantime, Professor, how do you see the situation progressing? Because I think a lot of people are concerned as this seems to be uh, a sort of game of chicken uh, developing with provocations and more provocations on either side and military drills here uh, on the south with South Korea and the US. Uh, How does it end? Do you think there is perhaps a line which uh, neither side will uh, want to cross at the moment? What do you see uh, in the future? Yeah, I wish I, I wish I knew. Uh, it's always been my position that North Korea is arming with the ultimate objective of dominating South Korea, whether that's through an inter-Korean confederation. I think uh, some of the beginnings of which were, were uh, undertaken during the Moon Jae-in administration, or whether it's outside of a confederation format uh, through outright unification. So uh, I, I think that one thing the South Koreans need to do is to make a bipartisan show of a commitment to the liberal democratic order, uh, much as both the main political parties in West Germany did in the 1980s. I think North Korea needs to be discouraged from believing that it can divide the South Korean public and bully the Republic of Korea into submission. One thing I think is certain, and that's, uh, to me at least, and that's that recognizing North Korea as a nuclear power is not going to be the end of this problem because North Korea would then move to the next step of intimidating South Korea. So in that context, I think it was certainly helpful for the opposition party here in South Korea to strongly condemn these launches as it did the other day. But uh, to be honest, I'm afraid that at this point, Kim Jong-un may feel confident and strong enough to keep rattling the saber uh, no matter what Washington and Seoul decide to do. Indeed. We'll wrap it up there for today. Uh, We've been speaking to Professor Brian Myers from Dongseo University. Thank you for your time today. Thank you. As the nation continues to try and come to terms with the Itaewon crowd crush disaster that took the lives of over 150 people on Saturday, there is growing discussion on who should be held responsible. The National Police Agency dismissed the head of the Yongsan Police Station, Yi Im-jae, but opposition party lawmakers are calling for the sacking of the National Police Chief, Yoon Hee-gun, and the Interior Minister, Lee Sang-min, as well. For Korean Politics Digest today, we'll be looking at the political ramifications from the disaster. And for that, we have first in the studio with us, Law Professor Song Seryeon from Kyung University. Professor Song, hello, it's good to see you. Hello, good to see you. 
And we also have joining us on the line affiliate professor Kim Byung-ju from the Hanguk University of Foreign Studies as well. Professor, hello to you too. Hello. So, Professor Song, let me start with you. I feel like it's uh, been a very long week for everyone here mm-hmm. in Korea and, of course, much more so for the families of the terrible tragedy. What were your initial thoughts when you first heard the news and were any of your students involved at all? Well, uh, thankfully, no student of mine is involved. Uh, when I heard the story, uh, I could see that uh, it was kind of thing that could happen. Mm. Uh, because we know that the Halloween party at Itaewon is not a one-off event, and we know that streets are very small. So uh, this is some of the things that uh, people uh, usually worried about. Mm. But I was very surprised at the size of the casualty. Uh, I didn't even imagine that more than 100 people uh, could perish in that in that party scene. I, I think the government and police cannot escape from uh, responsibility. They knew these things. This is a yearly event, and, and crowds are swelling you know, year after year, and uh, streets are small, so they could have uh, made uh, much better preparation than they did. Sure. It was the sheer number of death, I think, that has really shocked a lot of people. Uh, Professor Kim, I'm sure a lot of must have gone through your mind as well when you had the news. Absolutely. Uh, I teach many foreign students in my classes, uh, especially this semester. And I have, uh, let's say, about what, uh, about 20 or so foreign students that I'm currently uh, teaching. And then I had a uh, first thing that came up to my mind when I heard the news was those foreign students. Because, uh, you know, for Koreans, uh, young people there could be many different kinds but Itaewon is such a known area for international uh, visitors and and Halloween party more than anything it could attract a lot of uh, foreigners and foreign young people uh, who would be my students that I teach undergrad students here uh, who are here as exchange student and foreign students here so I was very much concerned and I sent them email um, the following day asking their safety, uh, because the, the the day after that, I uh, was scheduled to have a class. Mm-hmm. And so I asked them uh, to let me know if there's any situation uh, before I walk into the classroom. I, I need to know. And so, but uh, very fortunately, uh, none of the students that I teach were directly involved, even though, to my surprise, more than I thought more students than I thought were actually in Itaewon that night. Hmm. Um, more than half, or maybe two-thirds of those foreign students I, I teach were actually in Itaewon. And uh, um, I think Itaewon is a small area, but at the same time, it's a large area. Uh, you don't exactly get to witness everything there. I think most of my students, who they saw the crowd, they saw the crazily packed alleys, they saw the police running and stuff, but I don't think they actually saw the tragic sight by themselves. Mm. So I thought that was a good thing for their mental health and everything, and and they were all sad. Uh, but uh, so we we had a discussion about this case in class, indeed, and and it was a very meaningful opportunity to to think about the system, uh, national system, uh, the way we manage uh, crowd here and how foreign students see Korea as a nation, as a society, 
um, as a people. So um, I had a very meaningful conversation about this very, very painful, very, very tragic accident. I'm glad to hear that your students were okay as well. Uh, There are, of course, ongoing investigations into how the situation arose exactly, but it's becoming clear that there were deficiencies in the police response to prevent the disaster, as it was revealed that dozens of people reported their concerns of overcrowding to the police. Uh, But initially, the authorities said there was little that could have been done as the Halloween festivities in Itaewon had no central organiser and therefore there was no manual as such for how it should be handled. Professor Kim, Professor Song has already uh, expressed his concerns and he said that responsibility should lie with the government and police here. Uh, what do you make of the situation? How do you think, who do you think should be held accountable? I think Professor Song should have been uh, in my class, uh, should have joined our discussion here. That's exactly what we discussed with my students. And we had a very heated discussion. And, uh, and instead of my own uh, response to your question, I'd like to just uh, tell you what happened in the class. Mm. Uh, you know, we don't want to risk generalization, but in general, I could generalize uh, students from Germany. There were several of them, and they were all saying police issues responsible. And uh, that we should have had more police there, uh, you know, maintaining order. Um, and so the, the, the government should have done, done, done more. And uh, they were also talking about Korea needs a law that requires citizens to help other citizens when there is a risky situation out there. They're talking about shop owners who would not open the doors when there is a dense crowd out there screaming and stuff like that. Uh, and so they were complaining about the, the absence of such law regulation here in Korea. And then uh, in their own view, absence of police and uh, German students, their solution was having more police on the street. But the more interesting part comes here. In response to that view, students from the Netherlands and Denmark and very interestingly, Korean students joined the, the other side. They said, Look, this is a party. Uh, there was a no organizer. And uh, in the future, we don't want to see police standing at every uh, corner of the street telling crowd what to do. Uh, one needs to be done. These students from the Netherlands and uh, Denmark and Korean students, they were arguing hard. And the way, what they were saying was that we need better understanding of the citizens in terms of how to maintain order by themselves, uh, being aware of the risk of the uh, high-density crowd and what to do, how to behave themselves, how to avoid those situations, and so on. So these, the other second group was at, uh, maintaining the point that uh, this, this tragedy was, was beyond anyone's description. It's heartbreaking. Uh, you know, it's you know, sad as possible case of, of people losing their lives, but going beyond that, going forward, looking into the future, they, these second group were saying that, that uh, you know, the Korean citizens have been too uh, tacit or uh, insensitive about the risk uh, involving high-density crowd, mm. and now uh, lessons should be shared, and there should be better sense and norm idea about how to conduct yourself and how they should behave themselves in a better way without the presence of a public authority. Korean students were making very strong points. We, we don't want to see, uh, you know, the police in every sure. 
Air, sure. alleys. There mm. are so many alleys mm. in Taiwan, and they are laying out. Right. They are even mentioning you know, how many alleys, and they are saying, we don't want to have this kind of public sure. police officials standing there telling us where to go, where to stand in line, where right. you can come, where you cannot mm. come. We don't want that. So it was a quite surprising argument that I saw. Professor Song, what about you? How do you view the situation when it comes to uh, res- the responsibility, uh, especially as a legal expert? Oh, well, although... Too much police presence is always a sensitive topic in Korea historically. But in in this case, the police responsibility is uh, to prevent uh, certain disasters like this. That is not uh, dependent upon uh, those partiers at the time. There are uh, very simple measures to take, even in the street that the tragedy happened, if you made it a one-way street for uh, uh, to make exit route and circulation flow, probably this kind of uh, size of the casualty would not have happened. It's like you think about the normal crime situation. They don't notify what's going to happen to the police, but police has to prevent, the police has to expect what might happen hmm. and look at very different scenarios to make the streets very, very safe. And earlier discussion was that we knew that Itaewon was a party place around Halloween and the streets are narrow and all those. So uh, it should have been mapped out long ago. If the excuse was, well, there was no organizers. Well, there were other protests to send the police troops to, so we don't have enough people. That comes down to a very poor judgment and poor uh, excuse um, not to prevent these kind of measures. So the crowd crush incident resulted in 156 deaths so far, and it's the worst disasters in the country has seen since the sinking of the Sewol Ferry in 2014. How is the government's handling of the incident, the crowd crush incident, similar to and different from the Sewol Ferry disaster, do you think? Uh, last Sunday, in the wake of the incident, President Yoon Sung-yeol announced a national mourning period, which runs through November 5th, and ordered the immediate activation of emergency headquarters led by Prime Minister Han dok Su. Uh, Seoul Mayor Oh Se-hun apologised over the crowd crush and pledged to put in place uh, available all administrative resources into the recovery of those affected by the accident. Uh, the head of the National Police uh, Commissioner General Yoon Hee-kun has admitted that his agency failed to preemptively respond to rising risks in the area before the tragedy, but the administration has faced criticism as well. Professor Kim, how is, would you compare the two situations? Yeah, um, you know, any even one life that's lost is very precious, and uh, when there's a death, it's a, it's a tragic. Uh, so when we talk about 156 deaths, this time and over 300 deaths in, in several disaster, it's always heartbreaking. There's no question about it. Uh, but when we discuss the difference between the two, uh, the several disaster happened in the way that government was very much uh, incapable of escaping from the from the uh, receiving the blame here because. Uh, several whole disaster t- took place uh, on the sea, and there was a just just ex- incredible lack of information uh, in terms of what exactly had happened. Is government actually withholding uh, information and knowledge about what had exactly happened? Uh, there were all these speculations. Uh, so 
uh, government had much trouble. And a lot of people would argue that actually the demise of Pakane government started from Sewol Ho disaster. I think a lot of people will buy that argument. Uh, this time, Itaewon uh, tragedy, it happened in an open space in front of uh, hundreds of hundreds of people. So in a way, uh, as a society, as a nation, we should be, uh, you know, facing this unbearable disaster. We should be a little bit believed that there would be uh, much less room for speculation and uh, much less room for, uh, you know, the, the, the people making up stories. So uh, perhaps the management of the aftermath of this disaster would be, I hope, would be much more manageable and much more politically tragic than the Sewolo disaster uh, that happened several years ago. That, that's the difference that I see. Professor Song, do you agree those uh, differences there? Well, there are differences, but also similarities. Uh, but not only the Sewol uh, disaster, but if you go back, uh, it seems like there every decade, every 10 years or so, there are some uh, public disasters that shocks the nations. We have a Sewol uh, in 2014, but 2003, there was a, a Tegu underground fire that killed uh, close to 200 people. And then 10 years ago, there was a Sampung uh, uh, department store collapsing uh, along with the, the Songsu Bridge. Uh, I, I think the similarities that I point out is that it seems like after those big disasters, people always talk about the lax standards of the safety in Korea, something that we needs to done urgently, and then we people quickly forget. And one of the things that I am dismayed about this Hebrew disaster was that if anything they could have heightened, really heightened the sense that we have to be mindful of the safe, public safety. But that incident was too quickly and too much politicized, mm. and people did not pay enough attention to public safety and what kind of measures we need. And now, uh, Itaewon, uh, I would say directly and indirectly, uh, as a result of that, uh, we still don't have enough preparation for a possible or predictable disaster uh, that, that could have been prevented. Do you think there's a risk that the Itaewon disaster could become politicized as well? I, I think it is already being politicized. And uh, the UN the administration is very mindful of the already low uh, approval rating. And this adds on to the kind of a negative perception that people have. Uh, I think th this, uh, in, in turn, probably is an opportunity for Yoon to uh, do a really good job in in making a, a, a or implementing measures that ensure that this does not happen. So uh, this is a leadership opportunity, but so far uh, it's a bad news all around for the Yoon administration. Professor Kim, do you think there's a risk that this incident can become politicized as well? Oh uh, yes, there is, and I don't think politicization is a positive or anything good uh, in 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 the face of this so many lives lost. Uh, we should focus on the system improvement and how we can prevent these things uh, going ahead into the future. And uh, we sense every time this kind of disasters happen, we sense this natural human psychology of wanting to find someone to crucify. Uh, we have to find the clear cause for this, and we should hold someone uh, responsible if there is any such mistake made. But uh, senseless 
scapegoating is not something that we need in the society anymore. So I really want more uh, cool-headed approach to uh, the, the, the problem solving and uh, the result uh, inquiry, and the, the, the inquiry for the cause here. That's what I'm hoping for. And uh, going forward, uh, you know, if I may add this one as perhaps, I don't know whether this will be my last point or not, but uh, we, we have to be reminded that we actually live with this crowd-related disaster every day for those of us who take subways here in Korea. Foreign students have pointed out that Korean people are very uh, not so sensitive about the, the, this kind of uh, risks when they are inside the high-density crowd. And uh, they say, that, you know, when we take the subway trains and stuff, we, we experience it all the time, people pushing other people and so on. So uh, I really, really strongly hope that even starting from today and starting from a few days ago already, some people are already reporting some improvements. But the way we move around the city, uh, every single citizen, uh, ourselves, should conduct ourselves better, you know, to min- minimize this kind of risks, risks going forward, I think. That's something that will be positive that we will uh, get to kind of achieve after this terrible, terrible disaster. Sure. And Prasong, do you think there are any other lessons that we could be learning that you hope uh, that we can learn from this situation? Well, I agree with with Professor Kim that uh, there has to be some public awareness as well. I mean, simple rules like if there is a, a crowded street, uh, it should be one way uh, that leads to the big, bigger street or something like that. And I, I think that has been happening in the Itaewon as well, but in that particular situation, there's a failure. The lesson, I think, is that everybody should be uh, mindful of the public safety. I mean, if it's a party, yes, but it has to be a safe party. And it has to be a collaboration between the, the, the public uh, mindfulness and also the authorities. And we have to work together. We'll wrap it up there with speaking Professor Song Seryeon from Kyung University and affiliate Professor Kim Byung-ju from the Hangul University of Foreign Studies. Thank you both for your time today. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much. Welcome to the Korea 24 Stock and Forex Update. The benchmark Korea Composite Stock Price Index fell 7.70 points, or 0.33% on Thursday, closing the day at 2,329.17. The tech-heavy Kosdaq also fell, losing 3.24 points, or 0.46%, closing the day at 694.13. On the foreign exchange, the local currency weakened 6.41 against the dollar, ending the day at 1,423.81. You can check Korean stock and forex closings at world.kbs.co.kr. Next up, it's Korea Trending, our daily segment where we take a look at some of the other news stories that have been trending online in Korea. And for that, we have with us our contributor, Walter Lee. Walter, hello, it's good to see you. Hello, Chang'e, it's good to see you. Okay, so what topics do you have for us today? Okay, so first we'll discuss some of the Seoul Metropolitan Government's new safety reviews in the wake of the Itaewon crowd crush. We'll also find out more about the low-cost carrier Fly Kangwon and their decision to extend bans on flights from two routes to the country. And finally, we'll talk about the South Korean forward Song Eun-min's injury, which could see him miss the up-and-coming World Cup in Qatar. 
Yes, Okay. so let's get into that first story then. Can you tell us more? Yeah, so the Seoul Metropolitan Government has decided to review the safety of subway stations that draw large crowds as more and more people feel anxious following the Itaewon crowd crush. The Seoul Government announced on Wednesday that it would launch an on-site analysis with Seoul Metro for stations that witness serious congestion. Yes, I see. There are indeed many subway stations in the city that see large numbers of people, particularly during rush hour. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which subway stations are we talking about? According to the city government and Seoul Metro, Gangnam Station on Line 2 drew the most number of passengers among stations on Lines 1 through to 8 between January and September of this year. An average of 141,000 people were estimated to have used the station during that period. Now, Chamshil Station came in second, followed by Hongik University Station, Shilim Station and Guro Digital Complex Station, all of which are on Line 2. Now, other stations that drew huge crowds are Shindorim, Sadang and Jongno Samga stations. It was estimated that Line 4 saw the most congestion among the nine lines in the capital. The level of congestion is estimated by comparing the number of passengers on board a subway train's passenger car to the car's capacity. In the event of the number of passengers matches the number of seats in the car, the level of congestion is set at 34%. Okay, so recognising which stations see the biggest crowds is, I guess, the first step. Uh, What are the city's plans after conducting this analysis? The head of the Seoul's government's city transport office, Bekhor, said once the analysis is complete, the city will swiftly reinforce safety facilities, secure evacuation spaces and install surveillance cameras. The city decided to review the safety of the stations and carry out improvements as the public has become increasingly concerned about their safety when going to enclosed places that suddenly draw huge crowds. Mm. Now, the city's decision also comes amid calls for strengthening the safety of such high-density spaces. Yes, in the wake of the events on Saturday, people have become naturally very wary of uh, big crowds, uh, which is understandable, especially on crowded subway stations. They get very crowded indeed on a daily basis as well. Mm -hmm. It's certainly a good opportunity to ensure that all necessary safety measures and contingencies are in place. Uh, let's move on to our second story. What else do you have for us today? Right, so Fly Kangwon, a low-cost carrier based in Yangyang, Kangwon province, has suspended flights from Yangyang International Airport to Hanoi and Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam until the middle of this month. Now, the carrier unveiled the decision on Tuesday after having first suspended flights to Hanoi and Ho Chi Minh on October 13th and 14th, respectively. Initially, Fly Kangwon planned to cancel the flights until October 31st, but decided to extend the period to mid-November. The latest decision comes after some 100 foreigners who entered South Korea through the international airport via the two routes have disappeared so far. Right, so the suspension is over concerns of illegal migration. Uh, Was the carrier ordered then to halt the flights by the government? Uh, No. So Fly Kangwon said it had made the decision on its own as a preemptive measure to prevent any additional problems related to foreigners disappearing after arriving through Yangyang Airport. It said there had been no separate instruction from the Justice Ministry on the matter. I see. So what is the current rule then regarding foreigners entering South Korea via the airport in Kangwon province? Right. So South Korea began temporarily offering a visa-free program from June this year for groups tours from four Asian countries that enter the country through Yangyang International Airport. Travelers in group tours from Vietnam, the Philippines and Indonesia have been able to enter South Korea through the international airport without a visa from June 1st. Group tours from Mongolia benefited from the visa-free program 
program from October 1st. Now, the plan was devised as Cowan Province is set to host international events such as the 2023 Cowan World Forest Expo and the 2024 Winter Youth Olympics in Kangnung. Yes, but unfortunately, a different issue has arisen. We'll see how long they decide to keep the flight suspended and how they resolve this issue as well. Let's uh, move on to our final story. What else do you have? Right, so Tottenham Hotspur forward Song Hoon Min will undergo surgery to stabilise a fracture around his left eye. Now, the English Premier League club confirmed on its website on Wednesday that Son will be getting surgery after suffering an injury during Tottenham's UEFA Champions League away victory against Olympic Marseille on Tuesday. Now, the Post said the following surgery, uh, the South Korean will begin rehabilitation with the team's medical staff, adding that the club will update supporters further in due course. Right, is there any indication of how long the rehabilitation will take? Well, the club made no mention of it in Wednesday's statement. British media assessed that the type of fracture that Son suffered could take more than four weeks to fully heal. Now, his injury has set off alarm bells for Team Korea as it comes just 17 days before the opening of the FIFA World Cup in Qatar. So one British media outlet said Son needing surgery could end his dreams of playing in the World Cup. Yes, this is the nightmare scenario for football fans here in Korea. Uh, Has there been any announcement from the Korea Football Association on Son's participation in Qatar? So an official of the association said the organisation was notified of the news before the club made its announcement. The official said Son is set to get surgery sometime this week, adding that for now, all he can do is monitor his progress after the surgery. Mm. So the World Cup does kick off on November 20th and runs through December 18th. Now South Korea will play its first group game against Uruguay on November 24th. Portugal and Ghana are also in Group H. Right, so that's exactly three weeks until Korea's first game against Uruguay. At this point, it looks like it could be a tough ask for Son to play, but I understand we just have to wait a few more days for him Mm. to have the surgery, see how it went before anything can be concluded. Hope remains for Mm. now. Okay, we'll wrap it up there for today's career trending. Thank you for those stories, Walter, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. And that wraps up our show today. Thank you for staying with us. We'll be back at the same time tomorrow. So we hope you can join us again then. I've been your host, Kwon jang and thank you, as always, for listening. Goodbye. KBS World Radio strives to promptly update our listeners on safety procedures during emergency situations. The following are recommended guidelines to follow in the case of an earthquake. During an earthquake, you're advised to stay indoors. Going outside could be extremely dangerous, as you could be hit by shattering windows or falling signs. While indoors, turn the gas off and go under a table or desk to protect your head. Refrain from using gas or electricity until after it is confirmed to be safe. If you're in an elevator, promptly get off and seek shelter. If you're on the street, cover your head with your hands or bags and stay away from brick walls and gates. If you're driving, stop your car on the right side of the road. Before seeking shelter, close your car windows and leave your keys in the ignition then get out of your vehicle. Once the ground stops shaking, request help for the injured, while remaining mindful of possible aftershocks. Please check our website at world.kbs.co.kr for up-to-date information and procedures.
KBS World Radio.